Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Most of us are afraid of strangers. We were taught not to talk to them. We teach our children to be afraid. We forget that our survival may depend on them. Would we recognize the farmers who harvested our breakfast or almost every meal we've eaten? How about the people who made your winter coat? In this country, we entertain family and friends rather than opening our homes to strangers. We tend to see receiving guests as part of creating relationships. Our care for strangers tends to be monetary rather than personal. Our view of hospitality is less Good Samaritan and more Martha Stewart. It was not always like this, and it does not have to be like this now. Miriam Shulman and Amal Baruki Winter are traveling in the Middle East. They write, there is not one variety of olives on the table, but three, and hummus and eggplant, some pita, pickles and white cheese. Everywhere here, the traveler is overwhelmed by hospitality. The virtue seems an ineluctable product of the landscape. Even as we traverse it in our air-conditioned car with liters of water at our side, we are stunned by the heat, the distances between towns. To refuse a person refreshment in such a place is to threaten the open-handedness nomadic peoples must depend on to survive. It is to let them die. No wonder then that the landscape that gave birth to the three great monotheistic religions produced in their adherence so great an emphasis on the virtue of hospitality. In the Tanakh, the Hebrew scriptures, in the Christian Bible, and in the Quran, the mistreatment of strangers is a sure way to incur divine wrath. One of my favorite passages in these holy books says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. The idea that at any moment we might be entertaining angels, and that word angels also translates as messengers of God, that should inspire us. I'm sure that many of you have heard conservative Christian commentators twist the story to fixate on that which became the word sodomy. But in Judaism and Islam and among scholars and enlightened Christians, the sin of Sodom was inhospitality. 
In all three faiths' holy texts, the behavior of Abraham, or Ibrahim in the Quran, is contrasted with that of the Sodomites. Standing in the door of his tent, Abraham sees strangers approaching and rushes to greet his visitors. He prepares a feast for them. Lucky Abraham, the guests turn out to be angels, bringing the news that his ancient wife, Sarah, will bear him a son. Later in Sodom, Lot, or Lut, also welcomes these strangers and urges them to stay in his home. But the fatally unwise hooligans of Sodom riot outside Lot's house, demanding that the visitors be delivered into their hands so they might rape them. Lot's hospitality protects him from the wrath of God, which rains down on Sodom in the form of stones falling from the sky. To welcome strangers is to welcome God. Some Christians believe that one of the angels was actually a pre-incarnate Jesus. In the book of Matthew, Jesus says, For I was hungry, and he gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Inasmuch as ye have done it to the one of the least of these, ye have done it unto me. I think of Mother Teresa speaking of Christ in all his distressing disguises. In 6th century Italy, with the Roman Empire in decline and society falling apart, Benedict of Nursia wrote a rule of life for serfs, scholars, shepherds, and wealthy scions of nobility, this sort of motley crew of would-be monastics. The heart of Benedict's rule says, let all guests who arrive be received as Christ. After Benedict's death, barbarian hordes overran Europe, and the very idea of Western civilization was imperiled. Tending the fires of hospitality and the possibility that Christ is at the door, Benedictine monasteries are credited with the preservation of Western culture. Benedict was named the patron saint of Europe. The joke in modern-day monasteries, Benedictine monasteries, is that when they see yet another person coming up the drive, they, they say, oh, Christ, not you again. <clears throat> the Statue of Liberty notwithstanding, hospitality still is so countercultural in this country. Viewed from a distance, America is the land of opportunity, up close, New immigrants having undergone extreme vetting are viewed with suspicion, at best, by those who came before them. We can do better than this. We can do better than this. We are countercultural. Hospitality is at the heart of our faith. We aspire to a prophetic welcome from sidewalk to vestibule, from pews to pulpit to parish hall, and we can and should and must walk out of here and live that prophetic welcome every single day. 
Imagine walking through the world and encountering every single person as if they were an angel sent to promote you through the soul school of life. We don't have to believe that this is true. We only have to act as if it's true. And the world will be better for it. And we will be much better for it. Over the last several weeks, I started paying attention to stories of hospitality to strangers. I didn't go out of my way. I just watched and listened. And I stockpiled news of seven random but very deliberate acts of kindness to remind us of what's possible and to give us good ideas. The first few are about throwing even a little bit of money at a challenging situation to make a huge difference. And the rest are about taking a leap of faith and throwing ourselves at it. Jarena Edwards of Oklahoma is bald from treatments for breast cancer. She posted on her Facebook page that a year ago at Christmas time, she and her family were eating at a Chinese restaurant when they learned that their meal had been paid for. The donor, who remained anonymous, explained that they knew something about what she was going through and wanted to give Jarena and her family an early Christmas present. Jarena Edwards wrote, more than anything, having cancer has shown me that there are a lot of good people in the world. Whoever you are, thank you. In Canberra, Australia, a woman had been holed up in the hospital for days with her nine-week-old son. When he was discharged, she found a parking ticket on her windshield. Opening the envelope, she found a note from a woman named Laura. I saw your car had a parking ticket on it. I'm sure whatever you are going through at hospital is tough enough, so I've paid for you. I hope things get better. Leslie Wagner of Peel, Arkansas, found herself $12 short when it came time to check out in the grocery store. She began pulling things out of her cart when the man behind her handed her a 20. When she resisted, he said, my mother is in the hospital. I visit her every day and bring her flowers. I went this morning and she got mad at me for spending money on more flowers. She demanded that I do something else with my money. So here, please accept this, it's my mother's flowers. <laughs> An anonymous young bartender in Birmingham, England, dresses up as Spider-Man and takes to the streets after his shift. This got my attention, and that's exactly what he wants. He brings sandwiches to people living outside. I've learned that everyone is the same, he says. I believe that we need to look at everyone the same as we would a close friend. Who doesn't want to turn at being a superhero? We could all try this. Marilyn Atterbury of Spokane Valley, Washington, writes that as she was driving home in a blizzard, she noticed a vehicle trailing her. Suddenly her tire blew. She pulled off the road as did the driver behind her. A man jumped out from behind the wheel and changed her flat. I was going to get off two miles back, he said, but I didn't think that tire looked so good. Yeah. A young guy is sitting on the tee 
dressed in a suit but struggling with his tie. An elderly woman in a bright red coat and a bright red hat asks him, do you know how to tie it properly? No, ma'am, he says. She taps her husband. Come, teach this young man how to tie his tie, she says. And he comes without hesitation as the train roars along and they're pitching back and forth. He gives the young man a step-by-step -step tutorial. He watches closely as his student repeats the steps until he's sure he has it. And finally, from Dr. Mohammed Basha of Gainesville, Florida. As I walked through the parking lot, he writes, all I could think of was the dire diagnosis I had just handed my last patient, Jimmy. Just then, I noticed an elderly gentleman handing tools to someone under his stalled car. It was Jimmy. Jimmy, what are you doing under there? Jimmy slid out and dusted off his pants. My cancer didn't tell me not to help others, Doc, he said, as he waved to the old man to start the car. The engine roared to life. Let's look into the mirror of these stories. Can you see yourself? The LGBT Asylum Task Force is doing the good work of welcoming the stranger and walking them through the maze of making a home in this strange land. They are doing great things. We will honor that work in our offering today. We, too, can welcome the stranger. We, too, are called to do great things and to do small things with great love. Beloved spiritual companions, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Imagine walking through the world and encountering every single person as if they were a messenger sent to promote you through this soul school we call life as if they were an angel. May we do small things with great love. May we do great things. Who's your favorite superhero? Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.